the Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the Yuggera people, traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I think we are live right now. Do you hear me? I Look, do. Do you, do you hear, hear me? me? Do you come Look? in? Yeah. Oh, hello? Roger? Yes. Yes? Now nah, I hear ya. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure right now the audience are probably wondering why are we obviously speaking a little bit different and there's not, not the best quality at the moment. Should we paint the picture of where we are right now? Yes. Well, I'm in my room. It's very pink. Yes. Lots of um, lots of pink around. There's, oh, actually, you, you, can you see it, Chels? I've got my mic, my camera on. Can you see? You can see. I've got my, yes. My New York there. I've got my Disneyland ears behind me, <gasps> of course. Very on brand. Very fabulous. Yeah, you, you set the scene too. Where are you? Alrighty, I'm in the closet. <laughs> I'm hiding <laughs> in the closet, and there's there are lots of jumpers around me. It is very black, and the only source of light is a laptop in front of me. That Ooh, is it. Sounds, sounds exciting and glamorous. Sounds fabulous. Well, I'm pretty sure, obviously, the audience are wondering, why are you in your room? Why are you in your closet? Um, we had a little bit of an issue. Should we explain what happened? There was a horrible robbery and all of the microphones were stolen. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, it could have been potential, but something more dramatic happened out of nowhere. It actually was more dramatic. I was like, oh, I should stir up the drama. I think what happened to us is definitely more dramatic. <laughs> yes, but basically, to paint the picture, there was a big storm and all the alarms went off and all of them. everything was hectic. <laughs> so we were all a bit like, what's going on? Bit weird, bit too rainy for it to be a fire. Perhaps it's a drill. Yes, and I was like, who's cooking up a fire? Are we going to have some marshmallows going on here? Probably yeah. not. We Should could have we found get... you a nice firefighter if they came out for the oh, yes. for the alarm to fix it. I was I was waiting for it, but unfortunately they took their time and I was very disappointed. But anyway, we're getting off. You deserve topic. better. You really... deserve someone who shows up promptly. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> oh yeah, so so we we hear the alarms and then what happens next? We were frozen because we didn't know what to do. So we're like, should we walk out? Which is probably what you should be doing, really. So we in out. hindsight, we probably were a bit slow on our feet. I don't think we were stressing because we, we knew like there was no one else in the building that could have started a fire. No one was using like, you know, electricity. It was just kind of like, oh, it's probably a drill that happens, you know. So we kind of gather at the evacuation point as any good evacuee does. Mm -hmm. And the alarms continue and continue and continue and continue and continue and continue. Yeah. And then... Dun, 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 dun. Just as we thought things couldn't get any more dramatic. The roof bloody caves in. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, my God. Oh, if only, if only podcasts, you could actually physically see it. But literally the whole, well, not the whole roof. I'm being a bit dramatic as always. But like a little bit of the roof came down and there was water flying everywhere. So It was insane. I was, oh, no, was going to say, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the Titanic, but not really. Well, I was thinking it was like, you know, at theme parks, they do like the special effects shows and they're like, this is the the, oh. the worst storm in the history of Manhattan. And then like, you know, the boat crashes through and then the rain comes down and then they're like, ah, that was all a bit of movie magic. Ha 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 ha. And it's like a special effects. It honestly felt like that. Like it felt so ridiculous that all of these additional things kept happening. Yeah. And then, we haven't even spoken about the staircase. Yeah. The water started coming up the stairs. Yes. Not our stairs, the other stairs. And also it was torrential rain and the, the sliding doors that we were near were well open. So we were just getting absolutely drenched by the sideways rain. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was lightning. There was lightning, there was thunder, and it was just all kinds of emotions, really. Didn't know what to feel. But anyway, we are getting uh, sidetracked a bit because we need to talk about a special guest that is on this episode here. We do. It's Colin. Colin. So today we are lucky enough to be speaking to an absolute veteran of the Australian acting scene, Mr. Colin Smith. To name just a slice of his resume, Colin's passion for classical theatre has led him to performing with the Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble for 13 years and its regular 
with the Queensland Theatre Company, where he even won, get this, he won the Matilda Award for Best Male Actor in 2017. But don't you think that Colin can be put in a box, okay? Because he can't. He's a versatile man. When he's not on stage or in the voiceover booth, you can find Colin on a Sunday afternoon co-hosting a live stream of the Mass Effect video game series on Twitch, which don't worry, we will link you in the show notes. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't sweat about (laughs) it. We got you. All righty. Let's head right into it. Meet Colin Smith. Hi, Colin. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Colin. We're super excited to have you here. Hey, thanks heaps for having me along. So, really great. So firstly, Colin, firstly, I can yeah. can I just say I am in awe of your CV. I'm looking at it what? now and oh. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. I'm not obsessed with the point. I honestly think there are phone books shorter than your resume. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I have been around for a while, I guess. What's a phone book? But <laughs> <laughs> before apps, there were books. Yeah, but uh, your <laughs> recent addition to the resume is Our Town. Yeah, which is indeed. pretty exciting. Yeah, it's so great. Are you able to tell us about the show or give a uh, a brief description of what Our Town is about? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I can go into the the plot as it is that everybody probably knows, mm-hmm. or at least the Americans in the audience probably will know because they got it in school. But um, it is a slice of small town life from New England in the United States. Um, we're transplanting it to Australia. That's the only giveaway I'll, I'll give to the conceit of the of the of the show as it is with Queensland Theatre doing it. But um, yeah, it's uh, presented in three acts, and it's uh, it's a small town in New Hampshire, and it's the daily life first up of the characters in it, um, how they interact with each other, how they might fall in love, and then uh, Act Three is a little bit more depressing, but I think it gives us very strong life lessons and I really think that audiences will after they've seen the show be wanting to hold their loved ones just a little bit closer and pay attention to the little moments in their lives and it's just a beautiful beautiful text yeah Yeah, honestly and I know that um artistic director Lee Lewis who I Mm. believe is also the director as well uh, she's described this production as having a big cast Mm-hmm. How many actors are on the stage and what is it like working with them all? Yeah, right, right. Um, there's 14 on stage at any one time. Um, it's a cast <laughs> of 16 though because a couple of the roles have been doubled because we're using underage actors. Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's rare moments where we're all on stage together. We managed to... We managed to find our own way in. Like the um, the exercises that Lee's have taken us through to uh, to build the world and the life around it have really made us comfortable with each other. Social distancing aside, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, we 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 found out we found our feet really quickly. Um, you know, the 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 relations between the characters were really evident straight away. How we felt about each other. It's also, I think, great to have this many people on stage at once and, and it's, um, you know, considering COVID-19 and the environment that we've been aiming toward being back in, having such a large cast is is a, is a blessing more than, uh, you know, the curse of, oh, wait, there's too many people around to interact with. That's no, it's fantastic. And it's a way to give more opportunities yeah. for artists who are struggling as well, yes. which is a great way to bring it back. To 2021 as well. Yeah, is for sure. Having more opportunities for artists. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a few of those. I think Taming of the Shrew is going to be a big one this year okay. as well. You know, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty fabulous year to come powering back into. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. COVID nineteen, beat that. Tank, yeah, Coco. you suck. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about? Not so much because I don't want to have any spoilers, but mm-hmm. about. Where your character fits into the story. Yeah, sure. I play Dr. Frank Gibbs. So um, it's funny. I, it, it kind of, <laughs> it's sort of these texts where um, the protagonist or the lead character kind of morphs a little bit. You know, you're kind of following this character, following another character. Yeah, I'm the town doctor. It's a town of 
you know, 3,000 people, um, so probably the only doctor. Yeah, I've got a family, you know, nuclear family of four, you know, the quintessential nice guy of the, of the, of the town as well, taking care of everybody, looking out for, for everyone, but also at the same time being a workaholic and realising that, um, you know, he can't take a break because he's the only doctor in town and mm. that would mean having to get a doctor from somewhere else. And um, so, yeah, there's that, you know, working himself a little bit too hard. But the... The family that um, that he surrounds himself with is uh, very supportive and um, very loving, and it's a, it's a, it's odd to be in a show where the tensions are they seem so low, the stakes seem quite low. Um, you know, we don't have really that many troubles. Like nobody's sleeping with somebody, nobody's murdered someone else. Yeah. Um, like the soap opera <laughs> scenario. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's a lot of the complaints of the of the play is that it doesn't seem like it's about a lot. But as I said before, the third act really puts it into context, and it is about mm-hmm. so much. I'm so excited to see it oh, as great. well. Me too. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite all time plays. I remember reading it oh, when I was younger. Yeah. And same thing, reading being like oh, boring, boring, boring. Bleh. And then getting because my my speech and yeah. drama teacher, I was I was doing the monologue. That's kind of the the bits yeah. and pieces of the third act. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's a tear jerker. Um, I wanted Indeed. to ask you though, yeah. how do you think this text mm. transcends time? To click with modern audiences. Yeah, I think Lee Lewis really wanted to um, aim for that sort of thing, that the experiences of this town are universal, that <clears throat> the relations we have between each other are so important and that we often take advantage of that, that we neglect them, that we are paying too much attention to other things. We aren't kind of looking each other in the eye or getting close or just listening and talking. That That's the core of the, the essence of the play, that... You know, there might be a whole lot of things that are diverting our attention, but, you know, it's the small things um, that really draw us back to Mm. this sort of stuff. And, you know, it doesn't mean that um, a small town is all of our experiences, but the relationships are the experience. You know, the context of it is it's small, but, yeah, they're so about everything that we experience in life, you know. Yeah. And there are obviously a lot of moments in our town that will have those big wow factor moments that can really transcend into it. Oh, considering into it, you know, I think I think I think really like there aren't any wow moments until the end. It's 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 very sedate. Yes, um, it's quite low key until you realise what has been happening in the previous two acts. Oh. We really should have been paying attention to that, you know. I wonder if that's a fact. Like people will want to be coming back and say, "Oh, hang on, I missed that." Come back and watch it again. It's more stuff that you don't expect seeing, though, where you can't just like, "Oh, it's there." It's like, "Oh, hang on." Yeah, yeah. Rewind it, but it's live theater, but you can't go back. It's just funny. I was about to say that. Yeah, it's it. By the third act, you realize that you can't rewind, you know, and that. you know, the experiences that you have in your life that you wished you might have paid more attention to are the things that are so important. Exactly. Mm. Unless if you want to pay another ticket to do it again. <laughs> Just yeah, like, right. Let might me analyse well. this right Which now. Support yeah, yeah. the arts. We're fully, fully yeah. pushing <laughs> Yeah, right. It is like one of those things where, geez, I wish I'd been paying attention. I, I was, uh, me and my partner were, uh, had just wa- have just watched Mr. Robot, of all things, <laughs> that's on Stan. And... By the fourth season, the final season, we were like, oh, what? Oh, we sh- really should have been paying attention to these little <laughs> moments in season one, st- seasons one, two, and three. Like, oh, no. But anyway. It's kind of like a lesson you got to learn as well. Yeah. It's yep. just to pay attention to all the small details regardless. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so zen. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, puts puts you into that frame of mind of, oh, I have to pay attention to every little thing that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, every, you know, like society at the moment is so distracted by, by minutiae and the apparently bigger things, but it's not about that at all. We wanted to touch on as well, you've had quite a fruitful career, but especially with Queensland Theatre Company, you've yeah. been in Black Diggers, you've been in Twelfth Night, you've been in Near the Gods. Yeah. What's it like working with Queensland Theatre? Oh, it's quite amazing. Like, you know, um, it's uh, I started that road in 2013 and I was, um, good Lord, how old was I? Oh, two that days was, out of the womb. It, yeah. <laughs> in my uh, early 40s. <laughs> you know, like... Um, it was one of these things I kind of thought I, I didn't – well, I, I kind of knew I was at that level, but I wondered whether or not I was appealing enough to the State Theatre Company to even get a job. Funny story, and I, I um, 
this is all the part of the videos that went out in the 50th anniversary. So people who've seen this probably want to skip forward a minute or two. But I, um, the way I started working for the company was Wesley Enoch was the artistic director back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Kondamuka man. I'm a Jagara man. We're both um, we're both um, First Nations people. And I remember my first audition for him was maybe a couple of years before that when he took the job on. I did a fair to middling audition, I think, and uh, you know, it didn't get anything. Whatever, <laughs> actor's life. Yeah. A couple of years later, he got me in for an audition and before we even got in the room and he was taking me in, he said to me, hey, why didn't you tell me you were black? And I said, uh, I didn't want it to matter. I really wanted to kind of work off my skill, I guess, you know, be appealing as an artist. And he said to me, look, well, that's great, but being black does matter and communicating that does matter at the very least, because I can give you jobs that I can't give to white fellows. And I went, okay, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, that's, that's a part of his, um, his mission for being an artistic director as well, was working up that reconciliation pl- action plan and having more Indigenous shows. And we did the audition and he got me in for a callback because he wanted to you know, see how well I played music and sung and that sort of thing. And at the end of the audition he said, great, that's great. I'd like to put you into Martha Courage. <gasps> I saw Whoa! that and high school. Yeah, right. And I said, oh, that's amazing. When does it start? And he said, oh, May. And I went, oh, I am having a European holiday. Oh, I've already no. paid <laughs> for it. I can't get a refund on the tickets and the com and all that sort of stuff. And I said no to him, you know, straight away. I'm just, and I thought, oh, God, I've ruined it. I've <laughs> You know, my my one shot, you know, like Eminem, just like staring at me. You should have taken your one shot. One opportunity. Uh, You're right. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, I've I've buggered it. He'll never hire me. But, you know, walking out of the room, he said, that's totally okay. Look, you know, um, we've got you, we've got our eye on you now. Fine. And then six months later, I got black diggers. So, you know, and then, you know, now I'm on my sixth show with the the company and and that opened so many doors as well because I met Todd McDonald I started mm-hmm. working with him at La Boite and and then when Wesley got artistic directorship of the Sydney Festival I started working for him there um, last year I was at Ensemble Theatre under his directorship so yeah it's led to a whole lot of great stuff um couldn't be happier kind of mm. also good builds really good connections as well yeah laid down the yeah. track as well which is yeah, pretty absolutely. cool absolutely yeah yeah for sure yeah Sydney's starting to open up for me now and I'm that's yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. That's good. So, yeah. So, you did mention you're a First Nations actor. Yeah. How has the industry changed in the time, especially mm. in terms of representation? Because mm. it is kind of changing oh, at the moment, it. especially now yeah. in 2021, where yeah. we're really wanting to express mm. diversity in theatre. Mm-hmm. And you've mm. seen it play out. How's that been for you seeing that representation of First Nations theatre and First Nation? actors as well oh for sure yeah yeah look I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and um yeah, I'm that old so yeah like the seeing even black-skinned people on tv screens movie screens and that sort of stuff was pretty rare and um I remember seeing um David Bowie's film clip Let's Dance and it is very about First Nations Australian people watch it if you can you know like seen it more than once it's <laughs> such a great story it's right so and good. I was so gobsmacked you know they're like oh this is really famous international musician who's telling our stories and showing such respect for them and I was like whoa really moved so I grew up in that environment where there wasn't a lot of that and I think that um you know over the last 10 or 15 or 20 years you know there has been that desire to find out more than is what what's just the kind of the wasp shows you know that that there are so many more stories to tell that haven't been told yeah and it's um i think i've been riding the wave of that you know the the this is outpouring of more more black shows more mm-hmm. more people of color shows you know more female shows more more queer shows you know like people are wanting to to hear from the parts of the community that they haven't been hearing from. And people do generally want to hear those stories yeah, as well. Of course, you know, yeah. and, and not only because, you know, like, oh, it's, it's I want to hear something different to me, but it's because of these marginalised communities are feeling that they haven't had their stories told or heard as well. So, um, yeah, there's all of that. I, I'm, and, I yeah, I just, I really like that, you know, 
Wesley was the first Indigenous artistic director of the State Theatre Company. I think he was the first Indigenous State Theatre Company director ever as oh, well. Wow. So, um, and yeah, and he, you know, hit the ground running and went, okay, I'm going to make some some changes to make these stories more in the consciousness of, of our theatre-going public and, you know, and it has had a large, you know, a hugely positive effect. Yeah, like I said, I'm so glad to be riding that wave and getting all these jobs and like, oh, this is yeah. really cool. I feel as well, you know, that I've got stories to tell and I'm thinking of getting into writing sooner Ooh. or later. We'll see what yeah. happens. But, um, yeah, because I think that this is one of the, the other things that Wesley said, probably not to me, probably in a speech, um, which he's so good at doing, but he said that everybody's got a story and everybody deserves to have that story heard. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Love that. And I love that your your story clicks so much with opportunity timing with talent and skill level because you, you wouldn't mm. have come as far as you have had you not been so hardworking and had the talent that you do. So yeah, it, kind of, it all kind of like culminated <laughs> at the perfect time. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wouldn't have hired me if I was crap at it, but, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Had a lot of, you know, grounding in classical theatre and, and that sort of stuff and it's really kind of boosted my skill levels and yeah I am at that stage where I'm like oh yeah, actually yeah I can do this and I can be a communicator and a spokesperson for my people and yeah, yeah. an absolute superstar on the stage <laughs> thank <Yes>. you <laughs> <laughs> now Colin you are as well as you're in uh part of the Queensland theatre community you've been mm. in a couple of the productions but you're also part of the Queensland Shakespeare Ensemble I was Yes, there a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, look, when I was at university first time in, in the drama degree, <laughs> I met some people and they were like, oh, you know, we want to start up this this uh, this Shakespeare group. Um, I started training with them around about the turn of the century, so 2001, 2002. Started doing a couple of little productions for them a um, couple of years later. Got away from it, but kind of came back in, when was it, 2006, 2007, I think I got on the board of the company in 2006, joined the core ensemble in 2007 and was there for 13 years. I quit in 2019 to pursue other things. But um, yeah, it was really, um, really amazing to have classical theatre every year, you know, some, you know, solid training in, in, in that sort of stuff and having a production every now and again. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I got to the stage while I was in COVID when I was trying to think of things to do, of going, how many, how many Shakespeare monologues do I know after all this training? <laughs> and um, I counted them up, it's about 30. Wow. And um, Far out. yeah. And, you know, it's from a diverse range of experiences as well. It's not just kind of, oh, I'm being Hamlet or I'm being Richard III. Um, you know, it's it's a whole range of stuff. And, you know, Shakespeare had a, 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 a an uncanny uh, understanding of human experience, you know, able to talk in so many voices. and It's a whole new universe in oh, a way. Yes. Literally. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Condensed into, into, you know, only a few dozen plays, you know, like... Think about the lost ones that that we we haven't seen. They got lost to time. And I'm like, oh, what are we missing out on that he's talked about? You know, but um, yeah, really, um, yeah, grounded me a lot because um, yeah, being in classical theatre brings you really back to basics of um, you know motivation and um, uh, the core of the truth of a character because characters in Shakespeare always speak on text and it's never subtextual like you know most modern theatre is. And then a, a really great understanding of visual imagery, uh, you know, um, or, uh, metaphoric imagery, um, uh, talking about things are like this thing and, you know, having those images in one's head when one is talking about even modern text, so that's kind of carried over into all of the other work that I do. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And it sounds like you've brought a lot of that skill set as well of that classical training all the way along with you through your journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, there's not a text that I don't pick up now where I'm kind of thinking about the imagery and, you know, um, why an author, that's why a playwright chose a certain word over another. Yeah, especially in this text in our town, you know, like we've got that kind of American vernacular going on, which is a little bit jarring in relation to Australian vernacular. But still, what does it tell us about what they are and who, what sort of people they are? Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Question, is this your first show out of COVID? Oh, no, it's not. Um, you did Cozzy. Oh, I, I did remember Cozzy. that one. Yes, you did yeah, Cozzy yeah, yeah. with 
that production company with and Mirabal. Yes. Like, <laughs> which production it's company? It's actually called that production company. <laughs> In capitals, <laughs> it's shouting. Cool. So how have you found yeah. going back to the theatre in a post-COVID kind of, not going to jinx anything, mm. when I say post-COVID world? Yeah, right, right. Um, we also gave, sorry, we also gave COVID a name if you don't oh want yeah, to call, call it. Oh, yeah, Miss Coco. So, <laughs> so if, you're, if you're not a fan of saying COVID, just say Miss Coco. Is that, is that COVID's drag name or what? So here's, here's the that. story. I, um, I, I was very, at the start, I was very, very anxious and I found mm. it less scary to talk about if instead right. of calling it COVID-19. Also, a lot of people were saying the big Rona, which still sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a tsunami. Like that doesn't right. sound less. So just. To, to make it sound less threatening <laughs> and a little bit silly because every time I say okay. Miss Coco, I'm like, hee hee, Miss, Co- Miss Silly Miss Coco, you know, she's that cheeky gal. Very nice. <laughs> so I, I say Miss Coco, but I wanted to sound okay. professional. So it's like in a post-COVID world. So post-COVID. I was like, in a post-Miss Coco world. <laughs> <laughs> how will we ever do without Miss Coco? Yeah. How, how, how have you found coming yeah. back to the theatre in this new, I don't want to say new normal, that's yeah. so cliche. but a new environment? Let's go with that. It yeah. Kind, it kind of didn't take long, really. I mean, like, it's, I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the, the lucky ones that I was kind of very artistically active here in, in lockdown. So I was teaching a little bit, doing readings, um, creative development readings even. So, you know, like working on a play and development and that sort of thing. So I was always, I was, I was never artistically kind of fallow, I guess, you know, so never artistically dry. But the being in proximity to people, that was another thing. And I, I, I did kind of feel a little bit anxious about even getting into the world, just even to go for a walk in the neighbourhood or whatever. So, but I, I, it, I was such a people person that I kind of like, once I got in the room, I was like, oh God, yes, let's hug if we can, please. You know, I need that proximity. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the audience thing was obviously a little bit weird. And we had to cope with that by um, spacing people out in a in a very dramatic fashion, and uh, we had to um, do cosy without an interval because we didn't want people to gather in the foyer or you know during uh, during interval because uh, that was unsafe. And I originally also thought, oh geez, I'm going to hate to kind of walk through the crowd on the way out to the car to get home. But it did feel comfortable and um, and I didn't mind it so much. So it, um, it did kind of change but not to an extent no. in a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everything that we that we had in place before was still there. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of kind of remembering and the remembering didn't take long, you know. It was like riding a bike. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty comfy with it. And I'm so yeah. glad that I got the opportunity to kind of get dive in there early. A lot of the people that are in our town didn't. Um, and this is their first production in a year, and mm. that's intimidating. So, what's different, even in regards to rehearsing for our town? Mm. Obviously, every show is different rehearsing it, but is there anything distinct about the process so far for our town that you wouldn't normally experience in another show? Like, it's mm. maybe to do with COVID, maybe to do with other stuff. Like, it, has anything shifted this time around? Ah, not really. I mean, like getting into the building and out again is. Um, it's very different. We have to check in on the web. We have to mask up in the office areas because the office is in between us and the rehearsal room and there has been a, um, you know, a lot of sanitisation. Um, when we had the, the, the outbreak um, last week... The uh, three-day lockdown yeah, of that. the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, were still, we were still working and we were still working in the room but we had to be a little bit more careful. I mean, we weren't kind of clustered together as we usually are when we're not on stage so we had we've got this kind of classroom seating <laughs> arrangement <laughs> at the moment there's only two people at a desk and you know and then you're separated from these other two on this <laughs> aisle and that sort of thing so start you know. throwing paper balls at them. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Stay in the seating plan kids. Yeah 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 and we're like hello Mrs. Lewis. <laughs> No. God, I hope she listens to this. <laughs> Vengeance. Gotcha, Lee. <laughs> yeah, only that's different. Yeah, really. Um, so yeah, we're still we're still keeping quite clean and that sort of stuff. And um, and there's some stuff that I can't spoil about the plot about the concept of the show and I won't talk about it. it's slightly related to the question you asked <laughs> oh well we'll just leave that section there then yeah so 
You've also mentioned prior that you've kept your creativity going mm. and making sure your artistic work is still intact while mm. we're waiting for this Miss Coco situation <laughs> to evolve. Get off stage, Coco. Get off stage. <laughs> the time's up. Yeah. <laughs> but you've also dabbled into the streaming channel. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, A friend of mine, Kevin Powell, who's a voiceover artist based in Melbourne, um, has been uh, live streaming gaming on um, Twitch. Twitch.tv is the website. And, um, and yeah, every Sunday Arvo we get on. Oh, but he plays a game. I guide him through it because it's a little bit complex. Uh, we're playing the Mass Effect series of games, which are tremendous um, sci-fi epic with really great characters and a really great story, which always really gets me going for gaming. So I, want, I don't want to kind of just blast enemies. I want to be told a story. I want to be able to interact and influence the events that are going on. So it's a perfect vehicle for that. And, um, yeah, we've been doing that every Sunday afternoon, yeah. So, so it's a brand new streaming or like, oh, not streaming, but like a new mm. creative platform to mm. understand as well because yeah. obviously we had to learn how to adapt. Yeah. Because we needed an audience for theatre and for performing in that. Absolutely, so is there yeah. other ways we can do this? Like especially with a podcast, yeah. for example. For sure. That's yeah. a new platform to reach out to theatre people as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, So it's a bit so different, yeah. would you say, getting used to it as well or took oh, longer to oh, adapt to it? Not really. I, um, I have um, my other degree, my other life is in IT. So I have an IT degree. I got that before I got my arts degree. I, kind of was, I, was, I grew up kind of thinking... I was I was acting, but I was kind of like, oh, this, this is not a living. You know, the stuff that my father and grandfather did, yeah, that's a living. So I'll go off and get a job, a real job, <laughs> quote marks, real job. <laughs> so I got myself an IT degree because I was like, oh, I was interested in computers. But, um, yeah. you know, really, I mean, when it comes down to it, computers are pretty boring when you're trying to program them and all that sort of stuff. So then I got back into theatre and acting. So yeah, being in the streaming world wasn't that wasn't that much of a of a reach for me, I guess, because you know it's the technologies that I understand quite well. So I'm so glad as well that um, that we even have these technologies. You know, if you think back to the the Spanish flu a century ago, and you know those those poor people that have been locked in their homes and, you know, whatever, we've only had books to read, barely have had radio maybe. God, when did radio come out? <laughs> there um, were no Zoom meetings. No podcasts. <laughs> no I podcasts. mean, think of the, <laughs> the hell that they'd have gone through. You know? Torture. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, same sort of situation though. You know, they had to keep distance and, you know, keep masked up and that sort of thing. But, you know, they didn't have the, the ways that we can reach people still. You know, I didn't feel like I was kind of missing out on talking to people and, you know, and with with Twitch streaming, creating a community that people could engage in and could kind of say, oh, that's a couple of blokes and they're a bit goofy and they're playing a video game. I watch that and send them a chat occasionally and they'll actually respond and that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, so great though. Is there any similarities between kind of communicating with an audience on Twitch? Like obviously, obviously there's the key differences between that and acting mm. on a stage. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. are there any similarities that kind of... I don't know, come across that are a bit unexpected? Well, they're breaking the fourth wall for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're talking, we're responding, yes. but, um, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, facial cues and all that sort of stuff we're not getting and that's a little bit difficult, you know, how it is, email communications and messaging and all that sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, it is, um, it is a little bit they're um, only responding to the things we do and we can't respond to the things that they do a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, a little mm. bit different. But I, I do like that. We had the idea when we were thinking about even – kind of gaming together that we'd just pre-record, put it on YouTube and then lay it out and we'd talk about things between ourselves. But, you know, we, now we've got more people to bounce off, which is amazing. And, you know, um, that's the whole, you know, having a live audience is the is one of the best things of theatre. They are the last cast member to join the cast because they'll give you things that you'll never think of and that <laughs> the other cast members have never thought of, you know, the way they respond, the way they laugh, cry, scream, gasp, um, all feeds our own performances, makes us better over the season, you know. And I'm not saying don't don't come until the last week, by the way. <laughs> um, we do need audiences <laughs> to begin with. But, yeah, you know, it'll improve over time and... It's like a, it's like a, um, it's like a hidden element. Like yeah, we, absolutely. Obviously, we do need them though, but they mm. don't realise that they're absolutely necessary to be there. Totally necessary until they're yeah. not there. Yeah. 
Right. And it's a yeah. whole different story if they're not there. Mm. Imagine the theatres with the empty audiences and they're just playing to cameras like, <sighs> I was the last show out of Ensemble Theatre before the closure as well and um, and they had, a, they had another show in straight away because, you know, it's one of those companies. But mm-hmm. I think they didn't get a run. They had to deliver it digitally which they did, I think, a few times, not kind of all the time, but, you know, think about the amount of effort mm. that <clears throat> got put into that, you know, making a set, getting the actors in, actually rehearsing, and then, you know, oh, we've only got like one or two goes at it and it's to no one, essentially, that we can yeah. even see or hear. Mm. <laughs> kind of strips that like dynamic away, of the, like the energy that's in the room Absolutely, isn't yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and that energy makes us better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Makes it a bit Sorry. electric. We know, yeah, yeah, we know, we know better that, I mean, the responses that we're getting feed out, feed yeah. Yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Now, mm. we were looking at your socials on the Instagram yeah. and we <laughs> see a post that you posted a while back of uh, just a little bit of a, that oh. cheese toasty and Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> and some corn chips. What's and that? some corn chips on the side. And it was because I like, was I having a break after some like massive week or something. Do you want us to read the caption yeah. to you? Go for it, please. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, had a well-earned day off today. Hashtag day off today. <laughs> Getting the hashtags oh, on, eh? That's influencer stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, hashtag ad. <laughs> I've been 14 days on the go without a break, working three mm. different jobs. Anyone who reckons being an actor isn't a real job and we all need to reskill, honestly, hashtag stuff you. I'm putting my feet up for a brief moment in the meantime and getting back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And I can hear the anger, honestly, in that caption there. And I appreciate that, though, because people do come up to me and it's like, are yeah. you sure? Do you want to do that? Is that your real job? I'm like... Yeah, mm. right. What else what do you do? Yeah. What do you do for a real job? Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, right. I. It's funny. When I was in Parramatta in the final week of Black Ocker 2, the... Actually, I've got the shirt on. I've got the shirt yeah. on. This is, this, this is the show that I did ensemble. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was in Parramatta and I'd realised that I'd kind of reached a milestone, which is I had been working over the last 12 months. I had I was working full-time. I was doing full-time acting for more than six months out of that year, which was a big milestone. I'm like, oh, actually, this might be something I can do full-time. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I uh, it, it's it's pretty draining. Yeah, um, you know, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I think people need to realise that um, you know the entertainment, you know, the music, the the writing, the graphic design, the podcasts, the <laughs> the 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 streaming, um, Netflix and Stan and all that sort of stuff. A lot of effort goes into all of that, and it's not just something that um, can be devalued. You know when. Certain governments um, decided <laughs> that, um, you know, arts degrees and arts professions wouldn't be as funded as they previously were. That's really, really made me cross. It's a bit of a um, kick in the guts, really. Yeah, for sure. For the whole industry itself. It's like mm-hmm. we're not worthy enough, but we yeah. actually are. We helped get mm. the whole world through COVID-19. Absolutely. Yeah, with yeah. entertainment. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it was. What did we all turn to when we were locked in our homes? Exactly. We read a book. We watched some shows. We, you know, took a look at some art online, you know, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, yeah, we got people through. But, yeah, yeah, that with um, with acting and even everything surrounding theatre, especially tech prod, you know, bless all stage managers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like there's a certain part of the, our lives which we'll never get back and we have to sacrifice in order to get all this stuff out, you know. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of hard work and emotional investment, you know, not just on stage but, you know, the things we have to negotiate in our own lives. Yeah, so, you know, at the end of that week I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I really need a day. <laughs> I'm just going to put myself, put my feet up and have some good food. I put a lot of work into those sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> they look nice and <laughs> yummy. It gives me a lot yeah. of crap about that, like the <laughs> amount of hours that I spend just getting one sandwich out. But, um, but yeah, uh, and I like me some Supergirl. That's some pretty good entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think because you're such a hashtag booked and busy actor, mm. <laughs> it's my favourite saying. Nice. It's not, it's not my favourite It's I'm one of them. It's cool. It. Booked and busy. Um, <laughs> Put that in your bio. Hashtag booked and busy. Yeah. Or like as your description of you, Colin Smith, a booked and busy actor. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what do you wish the naysayers knew about the life of an artist? Mm. That it is, a, it is hard and it's not a hobby. 
you know. I mean, to some people it is. Some people it's like, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun. I was talking to a, to a, an old colleague of mine a few weeks ago who's um, moving to Melbourne, um, and I thought, oh, he's wanting to up his career. He's wanting to get some few more opportunities. Why not go to Melbourne and you know soak up all that theatre? But he's like, actually, I'm going down for a job, and I'm going to do amateur theatre, and I'm going to just do community theatre. And I said, oh, why, man? You, you're starting to you, – you broke the – he broke the, the state theatre glass ceiling a few years ago because he did. And uh, he moved to London for a little while to chase things. And he said, no, actually, I'm, I'm happier in this environment. I'm happier just kind of just doing it for fun and not chasing the next job. So, you know, for those of us – and I and bless him because he's just such a great guy. But um, for those of us who are chasing that next job, it is such a big commitment and it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a lot of – you know, hard knocks and 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 sacrifices to make, and you know, I don't I don't socialise nearly as much as I I did. I don't. I was really into role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. I haven't done those for years. You know, I barely really even computer game much anymore. But because um, I'm thinking about what's the next thing, and you know, what's how can I improve my game? So, um, yeah, it's it to some people it is a hobby, but to some people it's a profession, something we profess to be. And yeah, this is the path that I'm choosing. And you're doing bloody well at it. Hey, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> I could be doing better, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate no, you're it. You're killing anyway. it. You're killing it. <laughs> I just wanted to know what is the most beneficial piece of advice someone's given you? Okay. This is a weird story, but for those nerds in the audience, I'm probably sure that there are a lot. Um, <laughs> and in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a book signing about 20 odd years ago with uh, Douglas Adams, the author, who uh, wrote things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and that sort of thing. So we're doing a, um, there was a book signing there. And I said to him, and I don't even know where this, this question even came from. I think I was only just getting back into acting at the stage as well after a big break from being a child actor. And I, I said to him, what age were you when you realised that this would be a thing that you could do for the rest of your life, that this could be a profession? And I, I kind of had this addendum, which was because I'm wondering, you know, if I'm too old and I should give up now. And he said, oh, actually, okay, right, two parts to the answer to this question. One, never give up. And two, 26. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then he explained what had happened to him at 26. But the first part, obviously, <laughs> was the real kicker. And it was, you know, like from, a, from such a prolific and, and amazing author that I was really drawn to as well, that was... Um, really simple advice that, you know, if you've got your eye on the prize, you know, go for it and don't give up and, you know, keep on hammering away because it might feel like hard slog now, but it's going to get places for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Very uplifting. If people want to keep up with you, where can they, where can they find you? Yeah, I've got an official website. So it's Colin W. Smith's at C-O-L-I-N-W-S-M-I-T-H.com.au. Um, I don't have kind of a mailing list or anything like that. So, um, uh, yeah, jump on that for my updates. But really I'm, I'm, I'm on Insta often enough so you can see what I'm up to. And Insta's um, default link links off to that show, uh, links off to that website. And, you know, usually I'll have a pop-up which says, hey, get tickets to my latest show here, that sort of stuff. Oh, so cool. yeah, that's probably the best thing to do, yeah. I was thinking of also um, being a little bit more active on YouTube, but I'll, I'll let people know what's going on with that. YouTuber. on the track. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I never thought I'd be here, but okay, here we are. But I've got an idea for something. Go uh, for but it. yeah, we'll see. And Same. what was your Twitch in case people want to find you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So at the moment I'm on um, Kevin's Twitch channel. So he's on twitch.tv forward slash voiceover underscore au. And that's at 2 p.m. Sundays, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Okay. because he's in Melbourne. So, yeah, so it's, it's 1 p.m. at the moment and 2 p.m. We'll be doing it. And I've got a link from my website to that Twitch channel anyway, so... Oh, awesome. Yeah, awesome. jump on that. So here at the Playhouse, we are the home of theatre. Mm. And you've had an incredible career that's taken you so many different places. Mm. Now you're back in Queensland, but mm. what's where's home for you? Oh, definitely here. And, you know... Um, for a number of reasons. You know, I'm a Jagera man. This is Jagera land that we're on right now. So the the community here is so 
and I don't mean to say to say this in a disparaging way. It's so comfortable. Um, it's such a big country town, you know. We know everybody. You know, it's become also, thankfully, less siloed as the years have gone on. You know, it used to be just kind of just companies that were competing with each other and that sort of thing. But that's it's really falling by the wayside now and becoming much more of a community here. Yeah, I think we're becoming a little bit more bohemian. Um, I think we're becoming a little bit more artistic and stylish, you know. We've got that cultural precinct on South Bank now that's working wonders for us, Goma and the museum and QPAC and all that sort of stuff. So great. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of don't like the cutthroat nature of Sydney and um, and Melbourne to an extent as well. You know, I, I, I kind of prefer, and I hope it continues to be the thing for me, to remain here as my home and just work occasionally in different places, you know, places that'll have me and like me enough. Yeah, I like that a lot and I hope I can continue to do it until the day I die. <laughs> It'd be so good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's really great. And we're so excited to see you in our town. Mm. Exciting! Awesome. Bring theatre back. <laughs> I was going to say, and we'll bring our hankies too for Act 3. <laughs> a lot of tissues <laughs> needed. Awesome. Thank you, Colin. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. That was such a lovely interview. Colin is so lovely. He's an absolute champion. And I'm really excited to see him in our town. Yes, I'm really excited to see this. So our first Playhouse pick of the week is, of course, Our Town. I think Queensland Theatre describe this production really quite well. They mm-hmm. say, Our Town reminds us to look to the future with hope, to see the beauty in the everyday world and to cherish the people we love. That's so cute. It's, it's, a, it's a really wholesome message. And I think that's the kind of content we need in our lives right now. Exactly. So if you would like to support Colin and the rest of the team, head on over to queenslandtheatre.com.au to grab your tickets. The show opens this week and is not one to be missed. Catch it at Queensland Theatre's Billy Brown Theatre from the 30th of January, brackets, my birthday, until the 20th of February. Aquarius season. So if you know an Aquarius, take them to our town. Take them to our town. And the Billy Brown Theatre is such an amazing, like, intimate space as well. Yeah, you can do so much with that space. I'm excited to see what they've done. Amazing. Now... It's good to have such a wide variety of theatre here in Brizzy, isn't it? So, for my first Playhouse pick of the week, I'd love to get a shout-out to Community Theatre Production Company that I, myself, was involved in a production years ago by them. That is Mates Theatre Genesis in the Redlands. Who are producing Sailing South. Now, this production is sure to be rollicking night on the high seas. Let me do this. Uh, Me hearties. Ahoy, sailor! Uh, I don't be happy. <laughs> that was Batten down the hatches. Yes, you can do it better than me. It is a bit of a laugh and huge bonus. A two-course dinner is included in your ticket. That's what? Food and theatre. Dinner and a show. Two of my greatest loves. Yes. You can grab tickets on their website at matestg.org.au, playing from the 25th of January to the 7th of February. That is Mates Theatre Genesis for Sailing South at the Redlands. I feel like we need to put some sparkle on for the next Playhouse pick. Yes. I didn't pack any in my handbag today, but just envision, envision us sitting here. Sequins, feathers, boas, killer makeup, looking very glam. Okay, now you're in the right headspace. Here we go. I'm imagining it. Let's go. There will be feathers. There will be wigs. There will be headpieces. There will be glitzy costumes, spectacular dancers, and a whole stage of queens. Pradas, Priscilla's will be hitting the Redland Performing Arts Centre for one performance only. Bless. This 90-minute all-male review will feature classic boogie tunes such as I Will Survive and Finally and Shake Your Groove Thing, plus many more. Grab your sequined suits and dresses and book your tickets at rpac.com.au. I just have to sing every song title. No, go for it. It's horrible. It's a a curse. It's a talent too. Okay, so just the name of this next Playhouse pick intrigues me, Brooke. Ooh. Carl Barron, Skating Rink for Flies. What? Let that that simmer in for a second. I'm going to read out the first sentence of the blurb for the stand-up show. When Carl was a small boy at school, he asked the teacher how ants feel. He never got an answer all those years ago, but he still wants to know. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking of a beach day in Caloundra, the sunny coast, and checking this out between the 2nd to the 7th of February. You can find all the details at theeventcentre.com.au, and that's up at the Caloundra. Do you know Carl Barron actually went to high school on the Gold Coast? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a bit of everything, gone to the Gold Coast, 
Look at all, look at all these gold gold coasters, you know, hitting the big time. We're vibing. Carl Barron, Margot Robbie, now me. Awesome. <laughs> now, obviously, you can also um, catch up to our socials, which is at Pod on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at theatrehouse.com for our website, and also leave a bit of a rating, feedback that we need. I was going to follow. Um, also, don't forget... We put our links for everything in the show notes as well. So if oh, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know how to spell centre, that's okay. We do. So don't worry about it. Yes. All righty. And that concludes the episode with Colin Smith. What a fun interview. He is so lovely. I say this every time with our guests, so because I'm like, they are so lovely. They are so interesting. But generally, theatre people are interesting and amazing. I, think, I kid you not best kind of people there are that's what they are essentially but yeah if you were um really interested in listening to colin's experience and also with the upcoming show of our town make sure you buy a ticket and support theater support the arts support the arts do it now absolutely don't (laughs) forget as well you can head on onto the podcast app of your choice such as spotify such as apple podcasts um Mm -hmm. please if you can like and subscribe we'd really really appreciate it because we're starting out and we're we're finding our our roomies still we're doing a a roomie search (laughs) we are exactly if you could do those things they really really help us out um Mm -hmm. we'd really appreciate it if you could but no qualms if you can't i'm not gonna like force you to not forcing you. We're just being nice and we're just being slightly not aggressive, but just like do it. Just do like it from, the it's just like a reminder <laughs> that that's an option if you if you so choose. That is that is a choice you can make in your life if you if you would like. But no qualms. But just exactly. exactly. But you can. But you don't have to. But you can. You know. Yes. Oh, for sure. Sorry, I'm like stuck in the um my closet. It is so hot right now. <laughs> Chels, the double meanings. <laughs> it's so hot in here. I've got a jumper next to me. I've got some shoes. I've got, oh, I've got some heels right here. Oh, hi. I haven't seen you in a while. Got some... You're setting the scene really well for us, Star. Definitely, which should be interesting. But anyway, actually, side note, if you yeah. are an emerging artist or you would like to get your company noticed or anything like that, you are more than welcome to apply on the website, theatrehouse.com through Playhouse if you want to apply for an interview as well. Be, be a roomie. Be a roomie, yeah. And we're, we're more than happy to chat with you as well. Yeah, just wanted to say as well, um, the the Theatre House team is booming. Mm-hmm. So if booming. you're interested in being a reviewer, writing editorial stuff, hop along. We have a lot of, and, a lot of fun. <laughs> and we accept anybody and anyone. Applications close on Friday, 29th of January at 5pm. Indeedy. Before we head off, our next guest for the next episode is an entertainer and performer who you may have recently seen as part of our Christmas event last year, Carol's in the House. This singer will be cruising, woo woo, all right. So this singer will be cruising into the studios after getting back to Australia for more creative opportunities. Thank you guys so much for listening. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. And thanks again to Colin for popping on the episode. And thanks You're to everyone a legend. for listening. You're a legend, Colin. Thank you. I'm heading out of this closet now. It is so freaking hot. <laughs> oh, you make me laugh. <laughs> and, 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 see. and, see. and, see. and, see. and, see. and, 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 What are you going to listen to now? You could browse endless podcast lists and take a shot. You could ask your mates and wait for no one to reply. Or you could listen to us, your friendly castologists, the professional pickers of all things podcast. Zane, Nick and Liz listen to all the things so you don't have to and find the best podcast that should be on your radar. Every Monday we're coming at you with three hand-picked podcast recommendations. Then we review each other's selections so you know what's really good. Will we always agree with each other's picks? Yeah, probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know how that's how reviews work. You got this. Uh, That's Not Gunner Productions podcast.